You know, the cemeteries work like that, too. I said, one day you're not, and the next day you are, and that's just the way it is. It's just like the battery. There's no rule that says how long that battery's going to last. The car doctor. There's a bean counter saying, whenever possible, tell them that we can't do anything. Right. Well, of course. Well, what, that's that's new to you? Of course that's what they're saying. Uh, right. You know, but I'll tell you what, if you tell them you want to buy a new car, they'll be glad to sell you one. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over return to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions again, 855-560-9900. More information about us at cardoctorshow.com. Of course, there's a Facebook page. Matter of fact, real nice picture out on the Facebook page. The launch tool truck backed up yesterday. Uh, this week, I forget what day it was, and uh, Harlan Siegel unloaded, uh, well, not Harlan himself, but his his people. I shouldn't say Harlan, actually. For Harlan to make an appearance at the shop, I'd probably fall over because he's such a busy guy. He's flying everywhere. I never know where the reason uh, overseas, here, south, north, he's, I don't think he knows where he lives anymore. He's so busy. He's in the car all the time or in the plane all the time. But um, they dropped off Roxy, which is their new inspection tool which we expect great things from. We're going to report back on that shortly. It is an OBD2-style tool that plugs into the port, and let's say you're doing an oil change, car comes in for an oil change, plug in Roxy, and she'll not only tell you every code that's in every system on the vehicle, but she'll also, I believe it's supposed to email you the report that you can print it, so it's it's all right there. It's done automatically. So we've got Roxy. We've got their new uh, thermal imager camera. Which will you know? Which we really love. I tell you what, thermal imaging has really come a long way. You've got, you've got a relay that's sticking, causing a current drain. You've got, uh, you know, a misfire. You can look at the exhaust manifolds. Which one's cooler than the others? Uh, there's just so many uses for. Listen, I use the thermal imager at home. My thermal imager camera at home. Uh, about two years ago, because the dryer wasn't he- uh, cool- heating properly, wasn't drying the clothes properly, and I shot the dryer. I was curious, did I have any heat loss? And I found out the door gasket wasn't sealing all the way. I put a door gasket in and fixed the... Uh, I looked pretty smart, too. My wife was impressed. She says, oh, you can fix appliances now. No, I don't want to do that. But, um, you know, it can. So so thermal imagers do that. And uh, they sent us their new uh, launch, the throttle, their newest scan tool, which we haven't even taken out of the box yet, so I don't know what it looks like. I just, it's a really cool box. We were really happy. But you get out to the Facebook page, you'll see the, the stack of it's like, holy cow, Harlan, i got to make the shop bigger. You keep doing this. So, uh, But we're going to report back on that um, in the coming months. So this is the place for that to happen. We do test tools as well as uh, talk about your car and its problems at 855-560-9900. Yeah, where do we want to start today? Um, I want to talk about this. We had a 2010 Lincoln... MKZ that came into the shop this week with four trouble codes. Let's play, let's play, you know, where would you go? How would you fix this car? P0171, which is a lean fuel condition, bank one. P0302, 
which is a misfire on cylinder two. P0202, which is an injector driver circuit fault on cylinder two. And P0316, if I remember right, misfire on startup. Where are you going with this? You're like, oh boy. Well, power of positive deduction. Okay? No other fault codes. Drove the car. I could see that bank one was showing 22% additional fuel. Long, I'm sorry, short-term fuel trim on bank one was 22%. Short-term fuel trim on bank two was 6%. So bank two was running lean. Bank two, I'm sorry, bank one was running lean. Cylinder two was reporting a misfire. Now you notice it didn't say, and this is why I want to talk about this, it didn't say ignition misfire. So if you're thinking spark plug coil, yeah, maybe, but explain the injector circuit fault code. Out of those four codes, the injector circuit fault code is the giveaway. You've got an injector circuit. It doesn't say in injector. It doesn't say fuel delivery. It says injector circuit. Listen to the code description. It tells you where to start. So what's in the injector circuit? Obviously the injector, the wiring, or the PCM, the computer itself. There are ways to test all of that. The fun part is the bank that this is happening on, Bank 1, is the rear bank of this 3.5 liter Ford, this 2010 Lincoln, and the injector rail is under the plenum overhang. So first you've got to duplicate the problem. You want to look at it on a scope. You want to look at it when it's happening, but you got to get to the wiring. And you can go to the PCM, which is over on the left side of the engine compartment, and tap into the wires there. You can go through all that. I agree. But sometimes you gotta you got to call the ball. There, there, there comes a point of practicality. Injectors are very common on this engine. And it seems that it's always the back bank middle injector, just like this one. I don't know why. It's a pattern failure. It's something I've documented time and time again. The car ran good when it was cold. If you shut the car down for 10 to 15 minutes, started it up after a hot soak, it would start to miss. Looked at it on a scan tool, and it showed that the injector, because you can look on a scan tool, it will tell you injectors 1 through 6. Does any one of the injectors have a fault? Look through 1 through 6 prior to shutting it down, no faults. Started it up. All I did was start it up. The injector number two showed a fault and the car was missing. That means that that injector was no longer firing. Either it wasn't receiving proper signal, PCM wiring harness issue, or the injector itself was at fault. It doesn't take long to get the plenum off. The plenum is off that car literally. If you can't do it in 10 minutes, then it's just that simple. It's, it's all 8 millimeters. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. There's 7 bolts and that plenum is off. Disconnect the air intake duct and you're out of there. Have clear access now to the injector. Took an ohm meter. Those injectors have to read between 11 and 18,000 ohms. Number one read 12 ohms, 12,000 ohms. Okay, that's good. Number three read 12 ohms, 12,000 ohms. That's good. Number two read 310,000 ohms. Oops. Um, I think I found the problem. Houston, we have an issue. And bad injector. 
And the reason I, I wanted to explain this to you is because I don't think a lot of you have scopes. You know, a lot of you guys won't have scopes. And, you know, injector testing, there's a hundred ways to do it. You know, you can do, you can do, you know, current ramp testing and you can scope it. And, but, you know, we try to talk in terms of practical point of what you're going to see at home in the garage, in the do-it-yourselfer situation. And always remember, like I'll, re I'll remember the spec off the top of my head because I see it all the time. If you ever want to know what a good one's supposed to be and you're working on an injector car, well, if it's a six-cylinder and you think you've got one bad injector, you got five others to pick from. Take a reading off of that. Take a reading off the sensor next to it. Take a reading off the injector next to it. If, if all six injectors read the same and they sound reasonable, and then at some point you've got to go look up a spec... You know, that's that's one thing. But if, if five injectors or, or two injectors read the same and the middle one that's got the problem cylinder being flagged by the scan tool, all of a sudden that one reads, you know, <laughs> 310,000 versus 12,000, hey, guess what? I think you found it. So put two in, put three injectors in it. I changed the back bank because they do run hot. Uh, we, by the way, we only, we only broke uh, four connectors because the tabs were so brittle, right? The plastic tabs, the little safety tabs. So we had a we had a solder in new safety uh, connector so that they were all, you know, in there and they wouldn't vibrate loose and put it together and the car runs fine and it's good it's gone. A um, little bit of carbon in it. It's always nice to pull an injector. You see the spray. You can see that the carbon cleaning we've been doing in the shop for him, for Charles has been working because the uh, the intake bore just below the injector was clean and uh, doing what it's supposed to do. But just just a different way to look at it. All right, um, you're going to run into a vehicle with an injector issue or a misfire. Remember. A misfire isn't always ignition. It can be it can be ignition, it can be fuel, it can be mechanical. Just a different way to look at it. The ohm test never seems to lie. It always tells you what you need to know. Anyway, let's pull over and take a pause. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie, the car doctor. We're coming back right after this. Don't call us. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Let's get on over and talk to Danny in Huntington, Long Island. Danny, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, how you doing? Long time listener. Thank you, sir. I'm having a problem, having a problem with my 2010 Jeep Wrangler, the, the JK, the four-door model. Okay. Uh, long story short, I was coming back from a trip from Delaware to New York. Uh, I have the, the truck is modified, highly modified. I was pulling a trailer and I burnt up my transmission and brought it to the transmission shop. They repaired the transmission, right? And I just picked it up a few minutes ago. And it's still throwing codes. I don't have the codes in hand. They're actually at home. Right. But uh, the one is a PCM low voltage. One is a transmission fluid sensor or, or low fluid sensor or something to this effect. Uh, and then the trans, trans fluid temp out of range, perhaps? Po possibly. Okay. Was it, was it throwing the, any of these codes, Danny, before the trans repair? No. no. Well, when I was driving, it threw a bunch of codes, and the truck completely stopped driving, so I had to pull over and get towed. Okay. So I don't know what the codes were. I don't know if they pulled codes before they repaired the tranny. Right. But I'm driving the vehicle, you know, at 
at the moment, I'm, I'm pulled over, but the truck is driving fine, but it does throw codes now. There was three codes. The, the third one was, uh, it was a, a speed sensor, transmission, transmission speed sensor, low or, or high. Like I said, I don't have the specifics because I, I left the paper. Yeah, that's okay. Um, are, are, is anything here now, are you doing this with an OBD2 scan tool or are you using your make model? Uh, I believe they, they were using a OBT, uh, an OBD2 scanner. I believe it was a snap-on. I'm not too sure what brand it was. Okay. Um, because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to just look at OBD2 stuff. For something like this, we want to see the whole package. We want to see all the modules across all systems. And m most importantly, especially because it's a Chrysler product, we want to look to see, can we communicate with all the modules across all systems? Do we have any communication fault codes? So just really important to only look at OBD2. You know, it's sort of like, you know, you're asking your wife what you're going to have for dinner tonight, and she says, yes. <laughs> you, you, you know you're going to eat. You're just not quite sure what you're going to get. And, you know, you just it's got to be more than just a yes. We need to know specifics. So a couple of steps. And, you know, here's where I think, here's where I think a repair shop puts themselves in a box. All right, and I don't care if they're your trusted mechanic, because they don't know the answer to this. Hopefully, they scanned this car, this vehicle, before the repairs. Okay. You know, and 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 this makes the argument for you know the industry has been going through this pre-repair vehicle inspection checklist. Hence, where the launch Roxy comes in. Uh, you know, the launch came out with launch scan tool, launch diagnostics came out with a tool called Roxy that will allow a shop to plug in, get a report, what codes are in the system, it files it for them. And now we've got something on record that at the beginning of the day on Friday, we had these codes in, in Danny's Jeep. We got done fixing Danny's Jeep at the end of the day on Friday or Monday or Tuesday, whenever it is. Cleared the codes, nothing came back. Here it is, before and after. It's It's not just... To make the shop feel good, it's also to tell Danny, hey, Danny, we solved this problem. It left its clean. Because that's not to say that they didn't, but that's not to say the truck doesn't go two miles down the road and all of a sudden something else happens. You know, right. it's, it's electronics. Listen, you had to see the scurry at about 106 this afternoon, an hour before showtime. I looked at Tom and I said, Tom, my laptop just died. <laughs> and Tom and I said, eh, we got an hour. What could go wrong? Um, probably somewhere around, we go on air at 2.06.40 East Coast time. At about 2.06.32, we finally got it back up. <laughs> you know, that, wow. last, that last minute scurry, the things going on behind the scenes, that, you know, what goes right, what goes wrong. So first thing we got to do is let's go back to the shop and talk to them. All right. Hopefully you've used these guys. They get it. I mean, I think the first step is write everything down, print it out, whatever clear codes what comes back because that's the other problem you don't know if what you're looking at some of it's left over from the failure getting towed or this is all new stuff and then right. if, if they all come back and they say gee we didn't have these codes before then not blaming them is is a harness pinched somewhere right okay. we had we had the trans out they rebuilt the trans is there an issue inside the trans they built because there's you know there's wiring harness inside the transes now is there a problem with the connector where the main trans harness goes in through the i think it's the right side of the case on that truck 
you know, there's just a hundred possibilities. So just, everybody's got to kind of stay calm and just look through this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're 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 trying to like pass the buck to me now. They're they're saying that they they test drove the vehicle for two days. They cleared codes. The codes are still coming back, and they're saying, you know, try to change the PCM first, and then bring it back. And if it's still happening after the PCM, then we'll we'll take the tranny back out and go, uh, we'll take a look at it. That's so that's kind of like yeah, that's no diagnosis. Right. That's that's no diagnosis. That's passing the buck. And right. and you know that's that's really not the right answer. You know they're saying that they drove it for two days and the codes wouldn't clear, and they still gave you back the vehicle. Yes, the codes are cleared right now because the the symptom this morning before I picked it up, they said they were driving it this morning, and the truck fell flat on their foot on their face. The the, the throttle went down to the to the floor. Right. And they had no no throttle whatsoever, so they were assuming that it was the throttle body uh, or, or something else, the PCM. Heck of an assumption. Right. So I, I asked them, hey, can you run the codes and tell me what they are? And right. I wrote them down. I just don't have them on me okay. because I wanted to tell you what they were. Right. And, and, now, and now I have the vehicle, and I can't really rely on it. Is the vehicle going to just go dead when I'm driving right. on it's still a, it, it, it's still a broken vehicle. Let me ask you right. this: Did you pay by credit card? No, I paid cash. I have a receipt. Yeah. See, and I, you know, I hate to play the credit card thing, but it kind of gets everybody's attention. And right. I, you know, I always like to see people pay by credit card, especially a place they've never used. It, it kind of keeps everybody's attention because, you know, I was I was brought into the business and I was born and raised in the business in the sense that the job's not over till the car is gone. Down the road, over the curb, I got paid, and two weeks later, you're still happy with me. So, um, you got to get somewhere, you got to get a diagnosis, Danny. I think we got to go to the final level. I think you got to either find a good neighborhood garage that can diagnose it or take it to the dealer, pay for a diagnosis, tell them what you're up against, get a printed report, and then go back and talk to the trans shop. Call me back next week, let me know what this, uh, how this plays out. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Let's get over and talk to Stephen in San Diego. San Diego Stephen. We could be that. You could be San Diego Stephen, Stephen. So how can I help you, sir? Ron and Andy, the car doctor at your service. Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I got a Dodge Ram van, a B250. It's a 1988 with a 318, uh, 5.2 liter engine gotcha it's a new 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 vehicle to me it's it's a great car but um it's uh, not idling good and it keeps stalling out on me at lights and stop signs the engine starts up just fine within like 30 seconds it'll start to surge and then die back and surge and die back it's like the engine's thinking something's not right here i better dump some fuel in and then uh, eventually it'll stall okay um anybody trying to diagnosis to this anybody work on it 
No, just me. I've okay. uh, learned a lot about this thing, trying to figure it out, and I haven't got to the bottom of it. Okay. So this hasn't. This this should be. Is this a? This should be a throttle body vehicle, correct? Or is this port, This is right. Yeah. This is a throttle body. Two injectors in the body, or this has throttle body with port fuel injection. Which is it? Uh, two injectors in the throttle yeah. body. Okay. Um, so this is, and this is. There's an idle air control motor, which yeah. is an air bypass. Have you have you done anything to that? Swapped it out? Cleaned I've, it? I've I've had it apart, cleaned it, greased it up, put it back. I unplugged it when the engine was running, and that didn't make any difference. Okay. When you say you greased it up, what do you mean you greased it up? I put some uh, lithium grease in there. Inside the in, inside the idle air control motor itself. Yeah, there's a bunch of cogs in there. They had grease on them. I just cleaned it off and put some fresh on. Maybe we're talking about something different. The 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 IAC is held on by two bolts, right? Three. Three. This, this is a little motor that pushes the idle and raises it and lowers it by pushing out a spindle. Is that the thing you mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's 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 a bypass around the throttle plate. Or you're talking about the plunger on the side of the throttle itself. I'm talking a a a, a motor that. You know, you press the gas pedal, and it there's a wire that the throttle cable that pulls a, a lever to increase the throttle, and this thing dictates the position of the the idle. Okay, so right, there's an idle speed motor. Okay, so there's an idle speed motor, and there should also be an IAC or an idle air control motor on this vehicle. Mm, I didn't come across that. Okay, um, how many wires are on your Whatever this is that you're working on, four or two? Four, I think. Okay, so then you've, we've got to be talking about the same thing. Um, have you checked? Okay, so then this is a this is an '88 B250 IAC. This has a plunger extension. Okay, have you checked minimum idle speed adjustment? No. All right. So there's going to be a procedure you're going to have to find for minimum idle speed adjustment. There should be a set screw on the side of the throttle body. Um, that will just open the plate just a touch or bring it up to a base RPM. But before we do this, one of the things I want to be sure is that the throttle body base gasket isn't cracked, leaking, or blown out, because that was okay. common. That's one of the things they did. Do you have any, um, you know, carb clean is so passe. I mean, a lot of times we use it, but I, I'd love to see you get a little bottle of propane and set up a um, a propane sniffer to kind of shoot propane around and look for some vacuum leaks with this. Uh, just I to tried see. that. Yeah. I, I didn't concentrate around the base of the throttle body, though, so I can try that experiment again. Okay. This right. car sat for a long time, so that kind of thing is probably a good shout. Yeah. Um, and then also, especially something that sat for so long, let's let's think about you know, cracks in vacuum hoses that we can't see? I checked them all. I, I picked, There's a picture under the hood shows you all the vacuum hoses, like spaghetti, and right. I went through them all, but have looked, you, checked every single one. Have, I you, couldn't have, find any have, have you gone around them with propane? Yes. Okay, and you, you saw no change? I used carb cleaner, but yeah, I, I, didn't, okay. I didn't notice any change. See, the nice thing with propane is propane is a more controlled spray. All right. So if you got uh, a, you know, if you go to the hardware store and get a, uh, you know, the plumber makes that, um, you know, the blue. I have one. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, a big, the, the, a big long thin canister with a. Yeah. The, on the, end. the blue bottle with the, uh, with the, the plumber's torch end on it, and you put a rubber hose mm -hmm. on it, and you make some adapters to shrink the rubber hose end down to the point where you can get a steel brake line in there. 
Put a, okay. put a steel brake line and then put the end of the brake line in a vise and peen it down. So now you've got it down from an opening three sixteenths of an inch to the thickness of a hair. All right. All right. Now you've got a controlled source of fuel enrichment. All right. Got it. And now you can sit there because when you sit, and, you know, the thing with carb clean is it just sprays it. It just goes everywhere. All right. Dangerous as well. I don't like doing it. Right. And now you've got a now you've got a controlled combustion source. And I'm I'm not thrilled about using propane either. And I'm careful with it where I point it, but you know, now I've got a controlled source that, uh, you know, I can kind of sniff around. Um, one of the best ways to do it, OTC makes it, OTC Tool Corporation. I forget the part number, but you could go Google search OTC Chrysler Lean Burn Enrichment Kit, and it will come up with this fuel adapter for the top of that blue bottle that we used to use a million years ago on Chrysler Lean Burn systems back in the 70s. And it's it's great because it's got the right size hose on it. And I just take I take a piece of I take a piece of uh, I think I use a five sixteenth brake line or three sixteenth brake line. Put it in there, pin the end down. I'm done. Um, and the nice is it's got a real nice regulator on it. I can actually use it if I ever get a car with a bad fuel pump. I can actually shove it down the throat of the throttle body or the intake or whatever. Turn the propane upside down. Feed the engine enough propane. Drive the car in with no fuel pump. It just runs tired of pushing cars. Um, so, but the idea is with a with a steel brake line that you can meter or control how much enrichment you're giving it, so that you're more precise in what you're looking for. So, regardless, however you do this, just let's go looking for a vacuum leak. Once we establish that that's not there, and and by the way, do, do you have a voltmeter, Stephen? Yes. So hook your voltmeter up to the O2 sensor. Go, okay. you know, probe into the harness. After the O2 sensor connector, this should be a single wire O2, right? Back in 88, this is a pretty basic animal. This should be a singular wire O2. There's, there's, there's no getting confused. You know, an O2 yeah, right. The, the O2 sensor back in the day went zero to one volt. So if you probe into that O2 sensor wire with your voltmeter and, you know, set it to auto range, you'll see it goes from zero to one volt. And if you feed it propane and try this, shove a little propane down the throat, you'll see the voltmeter pin out high. You'll see the voltage go high. So that you, now you understand that its reaction is, you know, when, when the engine's getting too much fuel, the O2 sensor reports rich and the computer leans it down and, and, and pulls fuel away. And if you create an air leak, you'll see that voltmeter go down lean and the computer adds fuel. So you understand how an O2 works. But the bigger issue is if you've got the voltmeter hooked to the O2, while you're sniffing with the propane, maybe it's got a small enough vacuum leak that it doesn't pick up RPM that you hear it, but you see it at the O2. Okay. Make sense? Yes. Okay. That's one, two, three. You've got to go do some research on that throttle stop, that, that idle control motor. Mm -hmm. Make sure there isn't an IAC on this. I don't think there is. I think I know which system this is now. And then go through what we used to call base minimum idle speed adjustment. And make sure okay. that that idle air control motor is coming out and doing what it's supposed to do. If that's been adjusted, changed, modified, not working, vehicle have air conditioning? Yes. Okay. When Does the air conditioning work? No. Okay. So that's a problem. I was going to say, if you, if you turn on the air and the idle air doesn't come out, that tells me something else, too. So do, right. do the couple of things we talked about with O2 and look for fuel leaks. If you have any problems, let me give you my email. All right? Send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Just send me the 17-digit VIN of the vehicle. 
If you can't find any information on that minimum idle speed adjustment, I'll do some research for you during the week, and I'll shoot you a copy of what I can find. Wonderful. Thank All right. you very much. It's a little bit of an older car now. What is it, 40 years old? 41. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we're talking about 41-year-old cars, and the thing is I remember working on them, and it was yesterday. So uh, how did I get to this point? All right, Stephen, do that. We'll talk next week. All right, brother? Thank you very much. You're very welcome, sir. You Bye-bye. take you take good care. 855-560-9900. Mikey, I feel so old. I'm Ron and Annie in the car, doctor. I'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Annie in the car, doctor. I just watched this last night, Rocky. Was this Rocky 1 or 2? I think this was 2, right? Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, that was Rocky 2. Um, I just watched this last night, and uh, and uh, it gets better you, every time. If you watch the later ones, you find out that he's uh, getting older and he needs a little help with a cane and a walker, and we're having yours delivered after that last break. So. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I need it. I can't. What was my name again? Um, let's go and talk to Dirk in uh, Shelter Island, 01 Pontiac, Montana. Dirk, I don't think you're allowed to fix this car. I think the government banned Pontiacs. Um, well, they should have. Yeah, I think this was, uh, this was the car that when you bought it, did you get the uh, optional garage to put this in it was a big giant shed with a crescent moon on the door because it was kind of this was a bad car this was not a um good choice well, by them, it's yeah. an uncle's car that i'm about to in, uh, inherit yeah uh 2001 v6 front wheel drive uh that's it yeah automatic yeah 3.4 liter this is a real uh, t- this is a tough car to work on there's there isn't enough room under the hood to change your mind much less anything else so it's it's just like real tight on space so what's wrong with it well, we've tried to get it inspected. It passed last year, but this year, uh, and he's about to hand it off to me. How? Uh, thank you, Lord. Um, and we took it to one place. It didn't. There are like six triggers that you have to go through before uh, the computer resets. Right. We got up to four, and being on Shelter Island, which is like tiny, right? We weren't able to get. Uh, the higher speeds necessary for the final, you know, like highway triggering sequence. How 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 small is Shelter Island? Oh, about twice the size of my mind. To give you an idea how small that can be. Um, no, sir, it's uh, it can't get over forty miles an hour on the, on the island. Boy, that's interesting. What a problem that is. No uh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, no. Yes. Anyway. Um, so that was a limitation we had. The closest uh, highway is like 40 miles away, and by the time we got it back from the first person who had sat on it, it was after the inspection had uh, failed, and it uh, wasn't registered at that time. Okay, so I'm trying to get to the freeway 40 miles away, and I get pulled over, and that's a lovely little financial crisis we won't get back into. Right. And uh, we took it to a secondary location, and they went through the sequence. We failed the first time. We rolled up the miles again, and to try to trigger the over 55-mile final trigger, did the, forgive me, the Ferris Bueller sit it on the jack stands and run it through the sequence well, routine? Well, yeah, but wait, 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 wait. What, what fault code is it coming up with? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. But it's turning on a check engine light. Yes, sir. So... Now, we had the check engine light on... At the first inspection place, and it dropped off after like the fourth, the fourth of six triggers was met. But the final uh, two 
you know, we kept driving around, driving around. Heck, we had like over 600 miles on the damn thing, trying to get it to kick, and it wouldn't. Right. And but... uh, the guy handed it back to us after a $500 bill for doing little or nothing. And, uh, you know, changed the oil, I think, uh, fiddled with an injector. That was about it. Dirk, you're, yes? you're going about this wrong. I'm being serious. Uh, I, obviously. Yeah. Um, first of all, you got to know what codes it has. All okay. right. If this is a if this is a if this is a cat code, what, what, you're, what you're talking about triggers. You're talking about monitors or the self tests. All right? I guess so. Yeah, I think that's what we're discussing. And it, you know, if it gets through O2 and O2 heater and EGR and whatever, and all of a sudden it gets to the cat efficiency fault and it sets a P0420, it's it's a catalytic converter circuit fault. And then that's mm. got to be diagnosed. Probably a cat, if that were the case. And I'm really guessing here. I'm out on. A, I'm out at the end of the branch. Never mind on a limb, because I don't. I don't have the codes in front of me. So why don't we do this? Can you get a diagnostic report? Can you get somebody to scan it for codes? Get a printout of what codes are in the vehicle, and either mm. and 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 either call us next week or email them to me. And All right, so I need to get a uh, copy of the uh, scan codes. That, that's right, your correct. Sir. Now, if it went to the state and it failed inspection, it should be there. In Jersey, we call it a VIR, Vehicle Inspection Report. I believe it's referenced as the same thing in New York. But uh -huh. we, just need, we just need a copy of that printout so we can see what the fault codes are, and then we can have a better, more involved conversation. Do that. Call us back next week. I'm Ron Anning, The Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Here I come in my 57 Back, Ron and Annie, the car doctor. Holy cow, what a two-hour show today was! Yeah, I just looked up Shelter Island. It's kind of like in the crux of Long Island, so that's it's not Long Island Sound. It's uh, Gardner Bay, I think it was something like that. So, and you know, Dirk was right. You can't get a car. There isn't any place to go faster than 40, 45 miles an hour. I never really thought about that. So, you know, if if the monitors, if you have to run the car, he was talking about monitors when he was saying triggers. If you have to run the car at 55 to 58 miles an hour to set your monitors for inspection, the self-test for CAT and EVAP and things like that, you can't do that living on the island. I, maybe, you know, you could probably create your own, I mean, I don't know what you would do. It's, I was looking at it on a map. South Ferry Road connects the bridge to the mainland. You'd have to, like, shoot across the bridge at 60 miles an hour where it's a 45. You'd be breaking the law. There's no place to really – how do you work on that car? So I'm thinking, Dirk, if you're still listening, maybe this is what you got to do, babe. You can buy a crash helmet, okay, and you find the longest, quietest part of South Ferry Road when nobody's looking. And, and listen, if you get out over the bridge, cut it to the left, jump out, right in the bay, problem solved. It's a Pontiac, Montana. What are we doing? I'm only kidding. Don't do that, Dirk, please. I love you. I want to see you next week. Call me back next week. I want to hear what your uh, codes are. But, yeah, it's a problem living on an island. I can't see how mechanics are going to fix cars because they're not. Ron and Annie and the car doctor reminding you good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.